Welcome to Vinyl Verdict. I'm Bell. I'm Jamie. I'm Ploof. And uh, did you know, listener, that if you're listening on Spotify, you can give your Vinyl Verdict on these albums if you're listening along? You can also tell us, uh, give us feedback, because that, now that's another feature that's on Spotify. Ploof, you tell them an interesting fact about Spotify. I don't know anything about Spotify. That's you the interesting Spotify. fact. That is pretty interesting. And you this can listen week, to us on Spotify. <laughs> you can. And you can listen to this episode where we're talking about Gordon by Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, Which that's not the pick. that's not the one I made the notes for. Sheesh. Oh, well, God. guess what? I'm just, first of all, your first note it should be that it's not the Bare Naked Ladies. This is another band I want to put the. In it's BNL baby. It's mm-hmm. BNL, yeah. which is also weird because Bare Naked is one word. Yes. Well, they, yeah, and then they treat it like it's three. Well, they sure do. <laughs> so if you're you're googling them, you have no clue who this is because you're not Canadian. Bare Naked is one word. Ladies, they have their own fandom page, like the like their own fandom wiki. That makes sense. I'm not surprised yeah. they got yeah, really big. big for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, but these guys are truly a Canadian treasure. Uh, oh. And this is their first studio album. It mm-hmm. was released over 30 years ago, back in 1992. I got to say, what a debut album. Yeah, it's long. It is. It's a lot longer than You can than tell I it was thought. written for CD. Yeah, I yeah. picked this and then realized how long it is. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wow, that's a lot of tracks. Is it two LPs? It is. It's it not, is two full LPs. Yeah, <laughs> at and an it, hour long. And it's, <laughs> sure not, it's not even that there. There's too many tracks too. A lot of them are like four plus five minutes. You yeah. know, so and which is okay. But that's some of BNL's like most memorable songs are from this album. Yeah, like, most of yeah. these are actually very, very high quality. And I can't. Yeah. There's a couple that I could see cutting, but most of these I'm like, yeah, these are full album <laughs> ready songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's interesting to think about because they are also had. Like they had three EPs before mm-hmm. this album came out, and a lot of the tracks here uh, appear on those EPs, and, and in fact, some of them appear on all three of their EPs. Yes, cool. You can tell uh, if I had a million dollars, they knew where it was going to be big because it's been uh, on everything they've ever released. And yeah. crazy, I think, is on all of them. Yeah, yeah. but if you don't know who uh, Barenaked Ladies is, they consisted at the time of five members lead singer Stephen Page lead guitar and secondary vocalist Ed Robertson double bass player Jim Cregan drummer Tyler Stewart and keyboard slash percussionist Andy Cregan and I say at the time as Andy Cregan uh, wasn't actually super interested in being in the band from the start and left uh, shortly after their second album Maybe You Should Drive and Stephen Page left the band in early 2009 after being arrested for cocaine possession in 2008 dang really yes so apparently they'd kind of been drifting apart and him wanted to do his own thing anyways yeah. but that happened right after the release of their children's album oh so they release a children's God. album they're doing like all this press stuff he gets busted for that it's right after the big bang theories themed song got done too yeah. yeah so like they were doing really well and then that happened it was just kind of like a time where it's like clearly things are drifting apart and the band allegedly uh from past interviews was like so you're done here right because obviously that's pretty big mm, pretty yeah. big issue uh but hey i think it's a huge huge loss Though Bernicolage is still around and makes albums and tours, Stephen Page's vocals are pretty extraordinary and take these songs to the next level. Uh, they do. He does make music solo. Okay, he does. Is yeah. it any good? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely not a lot. Like he sure. does not release music super often, but he is a very, very talented musician. And it's kind of sad to have lost this kind of quartet style of singing uh, with the, all the harmonizing. Harmony. Yeah. I think it really, really enhances his music. And I've seen Bernicolage Ladies live since he's left. And Ed Robertson does all of the singing, and they do very well. But sure. it's not the same. <laughs> no. Yeah, not he has same. a very distinct voice, Stephen yeah. Page. Yeah. I yeah. got to say, you can really tell that they're a quintet on this album. 
Um, a lot of harmonizing. Because there's a ton of harmonizing, mm-hmm. and it's it's all really clean. Like, they come together very well across the whole thing is something I found. Um, it, it's, you know, you can usually pick apart instruments in a song, and you can still do that here, but these guys really come together in a, in a really good way mm-hmm. throughout most of the tracks, at least. And uh, the band started off as a duet, or, or like a duo, rather, uh, with... Stephen Page and Ed Robertson, right? Yeah, so they actually knew each other back since grade four. Uh, they weren't really friends until they exited a concert. Uh, I can't remember who it was. But they left a concert and realized they were at the same Harvey's. And they're like, hey, I know you. Became friends and started going to concerts together. That's cool. And even the name Bare Naked Ladies is actually from them uh, going to a Bob Dylan concert. And they were like pretending to be all these pretentious music reviewers. And like, oh, the opening band, Bare Naked Ladies, was so fancy, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and Ed Robertson signed them up for a Battle of the Bands contest in toronto wow and his band at the time was like no we're not going to do it so he hit up stephen page and was like let's enter they never practiced entered it and did really well to where they were actually asked to uh, open for a different band and then they proceeded to not rehearse at all and just do (laughs) concerts of just riffing and playing any songs they mutually knew (laughs) so that's kind of where this comedic uh, as you see in some of the songs like Mm -hmm. if i had a million dollars a lot of it's just like riffing and talking and being funny because uh, that's just where they found success. They're like, mm-hmm. why why change that, right? And now, even though I'm sure they practiced their music or did at the time, uh, you, they still kind of kept that shtick. Uh, and I, myself, I've been listening to Bare Naked Ladies for ages. They're my first real concert. I say oh. real because I, I saw Weird Al at a state fair in Yakima. I mean, that's pretty cool. Very cool. But this is my first like paying for a ticket and going sure. and seeing them. Blast. And I've met Stephen Page. A very, very nice man. Did he offer you cocaine? Well, <laughs> I was a little underage, uh, <laughs> but I, I guess I should just say no. Uh, no, he did not. <laughs> and I remember getting my dad to burn their music onto mini discs from a nice. Wow, you had a mini disc player? I did. And a lot of the songs were from this album and uh, Stunt, which was another great album of theirs. Like Born uh, on a Pirate Ship. That's yeah, underrated. Yeah. What are you? What are your guys' experience with Bare Naked Ladies? I'm sure you have something. We're Canadians. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I, was waiting for <laughs> I guess uh, not. <laughs> okay, in in university, my roommate was really into the bare naked ladies, and he was devastated when Stephen Page got arrested in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he was uh, for some reason he was living in like this crack house in Buffalo, and that's where he got arrested. So he's doing all that cocaine. Yeah, um, that that was a rough period of time. But yeah, bare naked ladies, uh, great band. Uh, Rock spectacle is uh, a great live album. I, I think I like their live. Um, versions of some of these songs a lot better than the studio versions. Mm. Like, for example, um, Brian Wilson's live, um, like the live version of that is a much better version of that song, in my opinion, at least. Uh, it's a great song regardless. Um, I find it interesting because uh, Bare Naked Ladies was discovered um, or or was signed or what whatever um, because of that contest from that radio station. You you gonna touch on that or do you want? Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I have some information about it. But um, so CFNY is a radio station in Toronto. Um, it used to be a huge radio station for new music, and it's sort of whatever now. It's kind of like a corporate radio station now, but it used to be an independent station, and they used to do these things called Discovery to Disc, where they would a band would submit a tape. And then you would vote on it as a listener. Cool. Um, and then they would win. At one point, it was $100,000. Yeah, they won $100,000. Oh, really? really? That was what they won in, in the, the 90s contest. Or 80s. Yeah, it was like 91. Yeah, it would have been a long time. Yeah, ago. that's yeah. some good money. 
So they won $100,000 through this Discovery to Disc concert through the radio station. What song they, was it? Million Dollars? Oh, well, uh, it was y- I think it was Be My Yoko Ono yeah. was the one that... <laughs> oh, was it just a song? Yeah, it, yeah, it was like it, it was like they submitted the tape, but I believe the tape they submitted oh, had Be yeah, My I'm Yoko Ono on it. Else, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then they used that to go record this album. Yeah, they were um, like local legends. Because yeah. what I was thinking with the cassette is that they got they were supposed to perform at this event in Toronto, mm-hmm. but because their name was Bare Naked Ladies, the mayor at the time was like, "No, really, this isn't going to happen. It objectifies women," which made them extremely popular because people all of a sudden saw them in the news. Yeah, yeah. They, they were selling out. They were yeah. the top selling like uh, album, I guess, at record stores and music stores in Toronto. Uh, for a few weeks because people were just it was so in demand that like this band got in trouble and banned by the mayor and blah blah blah, blah. yeah and it came out like the mayor was on vacation and like an assistant had made the call for them what? or something like that it was something crazy wow. but they it they were just local legends they win this contest get a hundred thousand dollars and then put this together yeah uh amazing you, yeah you're a Toronto white sort of you're an Ontario white yeah T- Ontarioan and Ontarian. You have a bare naked lady tattoo, probably. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you where it is, um, but no, bare naked ladies was extremely popular for m- many years. Um, they they played a lot of events in Toronto. They used to do uh, concerts at um, what is it the the square in Toronto where the big Toronto sign is? Um, mm. Pierce Nathan Nathan Phillips Square. Um, there you go. It, there's a big skating rink there, and they used to do concerts while people were skating on on this rink. It's in front of City Hall, um, and they used to play that at, like every year. And like they they play Christmas music. They they have a couple of Christmas albums. They do. Um, like they're a staple of Canadian radio. Um, yeah, they have a lot of music. When Stephen Page was in the band, they had eleven albums, and they're up to yeah. sixteen now. Oh my yeah. god, it's crazy. And, yeah, it sounds about right. Like the they they play on radio stations that are multi genre. Like I remember them playing on like the adult contemporary station my parents listened to. Yeah, that's one thing about this album is it kind of jumps all over the place. Yeah, some songs even sound a little bit like ska to be honest. Yes, <laughs> yes they do actually. <laughs> yeah, you're skanking around listening to it. Uh, yeah, it's um, a skank. <laughs> I mean, I yeah I grew up with Bare Naked Ladies because yeah I'm a Canadian and I've heard a lot of these songs on the radio. I actually didn't expect to recognize as many as I did when listening to this album because I've never listened to any of their music directly. I've never tried to, like, find their albums and listen to them or anything. Um, But, yeah, I've heard them constantly growing up. And so it was a pleasant surprise to think, like, I don't recognize any of these. And then as they play, I'm like, oh, I know this song. Yeah. Yeah. For, like, a good large chunk of them, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they definitely hit the CanCon requirement um, for... (laughs) Yeah. Some of these songs are referential in the same way as, like... Like the tragically hip have songs totally. that are about little tiny towns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of these are also about musicians as well. Yeah, so Brian Wilson, Yoko yeah. Ono, yeah, a new kid on the block. Uh, it's like, oh wow, a lot of these are themed over certain things. But if you uh, listener are not from Canada and haven't heard about them, that makes sense. Uh, as though they're very popular here in Canada, they didn't break out into the states until their 1998 album Stunt, due to the release of the song One Week, which you do know. It's been one, one week, week since you looked at me. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, I know. Yeah, that song. that's a great Chick- song. Chickadee yeah. China. Chinese chicken. Well, he's gonna get canceled. Uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good part of this. the whole song. Is pretty good though. It is, uh, but there isn't actually a ton of info uh, about this album. Like I don't really. I looked at the Wikipedia page. Very short. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. If you do, you guys want to listen? Sure. Okay. <laughs> 
Cause I am crazy, just like you. I am crazy. What an album. <laughs> Man, I love Hello City. It's uh, such a good intro to the album. The production value is also very high. Yeah. It kind of threw me that it, like, I haven't listened to this album in ages. Though Barney Clays was my favorite band since it was when I was so young. It's one of those things where as I got, a, as I got older, I was like, oh, I should listen to Other cooler music, music yeah, or sure. something more mm-hmm. hip. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was very impressed with the amount of instruments, the horns, the, mm-hmm. yeah. the clarity and everything. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And of course, the fact that it's about how they hate Halifax. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> it's about hating Halifax. Yeah, the, like that. a lot of these, like the palace and some of the other things I mentioned are actually venues. Oh, yeah. And he's yeah. like, I just want to go home. <laughs> yeah. I like the line, uh, it's 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm hungry, so let's eat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was pretty good. It, it opened a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Uh, the bass is super simple, but I really like it. It even gets a little solo around two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, it was a good opening track. Like It actually really surprised me with how much... Um, how impressed I'd be. I like how much they poop on Halifax. I've never actually been to Halifax. I'm sure <laughs> Halifax it's nice is city. nice. I've been a couple times. It's nice. Yeah, the do up and the bridge is short and sweet. Yep. Uh-huh. The quiet breakdown in the third verse with the pronounced harmonies is a nice touch. And, I will uh, say the the cool. first five songs on this um album are very upbeat and easy to listen to. Um and this is a good like you just put the record in the groove. Or put the new, you know what I mean. You just started the record, and it's like, oh, this is a good way to. It's a good way yeah. to start off the song. I won't, yeah, I won't get into my verdict just yet, but I would like, I like like the first side A, like a lot more than than Where, Where's else. the break on? Yeah, on I'm curious, this one. especially with the two LP. Um, so it stops. Side A ends with Brian Wilson. Okay. Side B ends with uh, King of Bedside Manor. Okay. okay. Next. Side C ends with New Kid on the Block. Right. Okay. And then obviously D is the starts rest. with Blame It on Me and ends with Crazy. Okay. okay. Um, I also do like this because though it's not super negative, it does kind of start to prepare you for the fact that these songs are very upbeat, but the lyrics are pretty negative. Sure. Sometimes for a lot of the songs, it's like, if you actually read or listen, it's like, oh, this is not the things they're portraying are not really healthy or happy, (laughs) Yep. uh, which I think is cool. I'm next is Enid. I don't really get the intro. It's a weird start. I always took it as like. A, th- a threat that you're you're enjoying yourself and your mom walks in the room. Uh. It's the producer doing a um, impression of Depeche Mode. Oh, I've never to Depeche Mode. really? <laughs> I did not get that at all. Like, yeah. I'm not a giant Depeche Mode fan, but it's yeah, it's the guy who does the producer doing an impression of what a, like a like a weird like a Depeche Mode from another planet right. would sound like or a dimension. It's, there's like a weird horn that sounds like a laugh. Or something yeah. in there, right mm-hmm. at the end of it, too. Yeah, I never used to be a huge fan of this song. But re-listening now, I was like, wow, this is easily one of my favorites. There's just something about it uh, that I really I really like. It's th- There's a lot of production. Like, it's very clean. But at the same time, I can really pick everything out really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it's so layered, it, it's really easy to hear everything just kind of separated. and um, More tasteful horns, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I also like the reveal in the last bit that he's like 15 in the song. Yeah, so it's about, it seems like it's about a relationship. And you're like, oh, it's just like, yeah, high school girlfriend. Yeah. Like, no wonder. It's like, oh, I was just so in love. Even though <laughs> yeah. I didn't really come to terms with the fact we broke up and <laughs> why it's kind of unhealthy and knowing that you've hurt somebody. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I read that it was mostly about Stephen Page's first girlfriend. That mm. sounds about right. 
And I, there's some oh, there's some weird parts of the song where it's like I never really considered you a person. And I'm like, oh, okay, there's, sure. There's well, when you're a kid, you have like main character energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's a few lyrics like later. Uh, I can't remember which song, but he's like, I wrap my hands yeah. around your neck, and I'm like, that sounds really violent. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. I. <laughs> uh, probably wrap your arms around me, but <laughs> we'll yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's also. I mean, this is a top song chorus for me, and the bridge is super good. The Barenaked Ladies are really good at acing that fast, almost rap singing that you see. In, yeah, uh, sure. One Ed Robertson is real good at that. So good. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, and during the final verse in Bridge, I like Ed is in the background singing about all the things he could do for Enid, yeah. but won't. So even though it's just like the regular chorus, you could hear him in the back like, I can teach you how to knit. I can make you crazy things out of Play-Doh. It's <laughs> just like <laughs> layered in the back that I'd never really heard of before when listening on crappy quality burnt cd burnt onto another cd <laughs> onto uh, like garbage copy. headphones or something probably yeah. so i definitely enjoy it uh after that is grade nine which is my least favorite track in the album i thought it was funny i yeah i understand why it's probably your least favorite it's, i can't relate it's pretty juvenile um i remember hearing this one growing up in canada quite a bit mm. largely in like school and stuff yeah right like yeah i'm yeah it's it's it's, a, it's, it's juvenile, a but that's yeah. yeah. It's juvenile, but that's kind of the point. I, yeah. th- I think it drags it's from on. The pr- it's from the pr- like the point of view of a, of a grade, a grade nine, nine boy. Yeah. 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 If you added more trumpets, this would be a ska song, like hands down. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, it's yeah, it's a little juvenile, but that's the point. It drags on too much, though. That's my only real problem. I think they could have cut out a little. This bit. This is Jamie's childhood. Duran Duran and Led Zeppelin. Sure. I didn't listen to either of those when I was in high school. I don't know, I don't know how old you are when those albums came out. <laughs> um, but. Well, um, uh, the song references two uh, different Rush songs, Tom Sawyer and The Spirit of Radio. And Wrath of Khan. It mentions yeah. Wrath of Khan. <laughs> it also references song, the tune to Linus and Lucy from from the Peanuts cartoons. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, yes, we do say uh, grade first. Yeah. We don't say ninth grade. We say grade nine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the states say eighth tenth grade. grade tenth oh, grade, I hadn't thought about grade. that we say before. say grade nine, grade ten, yeah. grade eleven. Mm-hmm. Weird difference. For some and then so and then in England, don't they say year eleven? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little different. Oh well. And then the, the epic song, Brian Wilson. I have never looked up what it meant before. Now I had no idea why they were referencing Brian Wilson until like earlier this week. Brian Wilson was a famous musical recluse from the Beach Boys who went crazy. Well, he didn't go crazy. He had, he has mental health issues that are probably hereditary because his father was like a paranoid schizophrenic. Oh, yeah, yeah that'll garbage. do it. Um, yeah, and extremely abusive. But then he got treated by this psychiatrist that later lost his license because oh, he like, like locked him into his like house and made it so that he never came out and like yeah, him forced him to make more music. He even ended up doing a making a band with him. What? Yeah, like, it was really weird <laughs> stuff. Hell? And but he got his weight under control because Brian Wilson was three hundred pounds at one point. Is referencing oh, the song yeah. and got it back under control. But it was like. Locking him in a room, hitting him, secluding him from his family. Yeah, making it so that other people couldn't come and visit him ever. I did not know yeah. any of that. He never, he never attended the death or uh, the funeral of his brother after he died because, Dang. like, the doctor was like, "Oh, you don't want to get together with your family. They're all toxic." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's wild because, like, this song came out what, like, fifteen years after that happened. Well, yeah, well after that. So yeah. it's like. I guess that's long enough, but it's weird to like directly make quotes to things that happen. Like he even says, Dr. Landry, uh, yeah, Dr. Landry, don't tell me you're yeah. not just a pedagogue and stuff like that. Like he directly calls out things that happened to yeah. Brian Wilson. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I pretty much had the same thing happen. <laughs> it's like, well, well probably what, not. Well, what's interesting about it is that 
it's almost like an admission that Stephen Page knows that he's mentally ill because he Stephen Page is extremely bipolar and mm. he, well, who knows about extremely? But he did come out in 2011 as being having di- uh, bipolar. Yeah, disorder. maybe he foresaw it coming, like he said. Yeah, he maybe is. it's just a crazy coincidence. Yeah, just a crazy coincidence. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I think this song is one of their most famous and beloved songs, and for good reason because it's very well produ- very well produced, and every member gets a chance to shine. There's a great vocals, great guitar. There's a bass solo. There's fire bongos. And it all just kind of comes together in this uh, really well. I like all. I, I don't listen to the Beach Boys, but there's a ton of references. There's a number of G- Beach Boys songs referenced in it. They reference "Fun, Fun, Fun," which is a great, mm. just a great Beach Boys. Song. I would love a list of like catchy or very popular songs about horrific events. Sure, like that uh, Foster the People song, "Pumped Up Kicks." Pumped Up, Pumped up Kicks. Kicks, yeah, yeah this. Because sure. man, this is. The story was I got into a little rabbit hole reading all about it, and I was like, "This is wild." Yeah, yeah, it's insane. There's a really good documentary about him. Mm. Um, My only problem is that it comes like right after Grade Nine, and it's just such a weird tonal shift mm -hmm. to go from. Grade Nine has a different production value too. Like it doesn't sound as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, So that's that's kind of my only issue. The 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 whole album, I really feel like they should have cut just like three songs, maybe. Maybe four or five to like kind of trim it down. You, you could tell that they had a lot of material that yeah, they wanted to get out there. It, it's like they had they had enough for two short albums. And they didn't know what to do, so they just jammed it together into one long album. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's a good song though. Yeah, the the live version of this song is incredible. Um, Does he still do that like weird floaty effect when he talks about uh, three hundred pounds? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I like yeah. that part. I have to watch the live version. Yeah, it's yeah. it's off Rock Spectacle, which which has the video on it. I also really want to listen because Brian Wilson has covered the song. Oh, cool! Yeah, so I'd love Bri- to Brian, see that as well. Yeah, Brian Brian Wilson's cover of this song is pretty good. Oh, it's cool. it's not very long. It's like a minute and a half. You know, he covers it before he starts another song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, I like the almost kind of flamenco guitar at the end during the bass solo. Yeah, it's really fun. That's pretty good. And then it goes into another musician-focused song, Be My Yoko Ono. So is this... I don't know if it was referencing it for sure, but is this referencing the Chuck Berry uh, thing where where they were singing with... Uh, they're playing Johnny Be Good or something. And she's... Have you never seen this? Chuck, Chuck Berry and um, John Lennon are playing like music on oh, some, yes, yes it is. some show or something. Yeah, that's pause, what they're... And he like looks yeah. over because she's going... Oh, oh, and they keep muting her mic because yeah. it's like Yeah, you awful. can see her like... Yes, confused because her mic is off. Okay, I thought so because he does a little like halfway through the song or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, they've got to be talking about that part. Yeah, they are. So this was my favorite BNL song as a kid, uh, as I was a huge Beatles fan. It's still very catchy. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. definitely yeah. not my favorite anymore. Sure, uh, it's just a bit much. Yeah, um, Sean Lennon. So that would be the son that John Lennon and Yoko Ono had together. Uh, saw them live and say, sent one of their tapes to Yoko Ono. Hilarious. And she liked that song. Oh, my God. Um, really? And then in an interview, she said that she liked this song, but she preferred if I had a million dollars more. <laughs> it makes sense because they're like, stop blaming Yoko Ono. Yeah. Like, I would have done the same thing. If you're in love with somebody and have this muse, why would you yeah. like give that away? It's like, yeah, that's fair. And then um, in the music video for this album, or sorry, for this song... Uh, Yoko Ono sent in a whole bunch of clips to the band to use. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, so she she approved of this song. Um, I don't know. Uh, Sean, Sean Lennon's a cool dude. Um, yeah, he's on uh, Le- Lennon Claypool Delirium. Delirium. Yeah. In fact, both of the Lennon brothers uh, have played together before too. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's that's fun. Anyway, um, I like this song. I think it's 
it's pretty fun. Yeah, I think the lyrics are funny. It's kind of a ska yeah. song. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, you and your ska. Dude, what? this whole album, like, that's why. I, it's I, of that period. Yeah, it's yeah. very of that Early period. Early mid-90s. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but what I what I don't like about this album is that there, if you're listening to it on CD, there is an incredible tonal shift between Be My Yoko Ono and Wrap Your Arms Around Me that is jarring. Mm, yeah, I can, I can dig um, that for sure. Listening to it on LP because actually no wait because no, the LP side. yeah Brian Brian Wilson already yep. ended that one so yes there's just a bunch of tonal shifts it does yeah. that throughout they just don't the want whole too many, thing I, it looks like they just don't want too many slow songs in a row because they do a Hello City which is a bit slow to three no two fast songs two Hello slow songs, City is a beat songs, sounding song. though yeah um, yeah it's kind of weird wrap your arms around me what a good boy and the King of Bedside Manor Manor are kind of like the King of Bedside Manor is extremely fast yeah I hate that song. We'll get to that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the pacing is odd. Yeah, it's very odd. Um, listening to Be My Yoko Ono after... Or, sorry, Wrap Your Arms Around Me after Be My Yoko Ono and Brian Wilson, which are two songs I really like. The songs uh, Wrap Your Arms Around Me sucks after that. <laughs> I, I, my only note is no one asked from a, for a ballad from BNL. <laughs> I disagree. But uh, I think that also helps in a way because it shows the range i don't wish sure. it were in this order but it's interesting i can't think of too many bands whose songs are so unique from each other while being obviously that band's songs like listening to wrap your Arm, arms around me is yeah. very clearly bearing to ladies as is be my yoko ono mm-hmm. as is grade nine and those are very different songs from yeah yeah I usually, Do I wish they were in a different order? 100%. Sure. I usually associate them with their funny, funny songs. I like, wish, all their hits are their funny songs. Yeah, I wish it was two different albums. I wish it was, like, one more serious album and one less serious album. Because that's it feels like there's such a weird dichotomy mm-hmm. on the whole thing. And do, do, do we ever get to the bottom of why it's called Gordon? Uh, I have no idea. Really? Yeah, me You don't either. know either? Is it about Gordon Lightfoot or something? Yeah, shit? I was thinking maybe it's about Gordon Lightfoot. Because they're really Canadian. Because, that, yeah. That's the you, only thing I can think of. But uh, yeah, I thought I one of the band members, but any. no, none of them are Gordons. No, Gordy come Howe? up with a reason. Maybe they're hockey Gord- fans. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll see if I can think of something or find something while we're yeah, going sure. through. But yeah, well, speaking of wrap your arms around me, I like the song because, like, it's it's hard because it's pretty dark in tone and lyrics. Mm-hmm. Where the previous songs had semi dark lyrics, but more upbeat. Other than I guess Brian Wilson, which is kind of just. A little bit darker all the way around. Yeah, but this is somebody like missing somebody, but their previous partner that they had abused. Yeah, and like it doesn't seem healthy at all because it's like mm-hmm. wrapping your hands around a neck, and he's like, "I'm so sorry for raising my voice." Yeah, and I mean, it could be a soft grip that's more of an embrace, but then he questions, "Do you believe we're all innately good?" Which kind of gives it me the creepy. vibe of like he's wondering if he's been born this totally. way or he's in a phase where he feels broken. But again, I I like that. Because, I don't know, it feels like so many songs are just positive. Sure. And having that honesty, whether it's a character or not, I think is very neat. Again, no justification for the pacing, though. It should not be after Be My Okona. No. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I I like the backing vocals and the quiet guitar. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's a cute song. It's just, yeah. Yeah, it's cute, but it's dark. I know. Like, I, I don't know. I thought he was being, like, incredibly aggressive like as I originally yeah. interpreted the lyrics as he was strangling here, but maybe it's just not a great choice of, or it's the exact choice of words you wanted. I don't know. It's 
Yeah, it's it's weird. It gives me. I'm torn because like I like a lot of it, but then it's like just kind of too. Um, and I like a lot of dark music, so I don't even know what it is about it that feel it feels more real because it's not so dark that it's like evil and fake. I think it's the tone. Yeah, maybe it's the tone. Maybe it's just like and it's positioning on the record. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. It just I, yeah, it just feels weird. And uh, spousal abuse is always like a really tough topic. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot more real than like I'm gonna cut you into ribbons or whatever you know like something that's just like Mm -hmm. stupid dark Mm -hmm. lyrics it's more like no this is an examination Mm -hmm. of uh like modern society and and whatnot so i don't know it's kind of long the outro didn't need to be as long as it as it is Mm -hmm. but i don't hate it um a lot of the songs on the album are sort of long yeah like i said earlier they're they're mostly like four and a half to five minutes Mm -hmm. if not a bit past five so yeah most of them are fine though they fill out it's just a couple that I thought they dragged on a bit too much, whether it was a long outro or they just had an extra verse that I don't think they needed. Yeah. Um, this one's okay. I like the song. It's just, yeah, unfortunately it's like jarring when he gets to that point. Yeah. <laughs> on the track. The only thing I find about Gordon is that the liner notes of the album, which might be in here, I've actually just pulled the records out of the sleeve cause they're, uh, like rotated. So you can just pull it straight uh, yeah. out. Uh, there's a list of our favorite Gordons. And it's a pretty extensive list of people or things named Gordon that Gordon, they like. Gordon so maybe they just like Where's the, the list? Gordon. Where's the list? Give me the list. Well, it's on the the interweb. Uh, but Commissioner Gordon from sure. Batman, like good that one. guy, Gordon Downey. Sure, sure. Flash Gordon. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to get ones that people might know. There's there's a lot. Gordon Lightfoot is on there. Cool. <laughs> Everyone likes Gordon Lightfoot. Ton. There's some that are okay. just unknown. So they must yeah. just literally be people that you got they Gordon know. Gordon Howe on there. Ah, it's a hockey player. I'm gonna say yeah. Sure, it's a, it's a big list. Sure. Truly, oh, okay. Truly the, big oh, list. geez, I didn't. Realize, I thought it was like 20 Gordons. You're telling me it's like 200 Gordons. The Gordies that we know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it follows up "Wrap Your Arms with Me" with "What a Good Boy," which is slower but more positive. Yeah, kind of. It feels more positive. It's, a it's song about, about gender roles. Yeah, <laughs> and expectations placed in your life. So again, not super positive. I like the song and the message is all right, though. I feel like it could have been a little deeper. Um, I do like the first part of the song after the "Good Boy." good girl section where it explains we've got these chains hanging around our neck. People want to strangle with them, us with them before we take our first breath. So sure. like, as soon as people know that you're a boy or a girl, they have those expectations of, Oh, she's so pretty. Yeah. Oh, he's so strong. Everything like that. Even small stuff, like put him in the blue outfit instead of the red outfit or mm-hmm. the pink one, even though it used to be reversed. Always used to wear pink. Mm-hmm. No, uh-huh. And this is a song where if you don't like Stephen Page's voice, you will not like the song. Yeah. Fair. He does have a very distinct voice. This is another one where I think the live version is the stronger of the two versions. Mm-hmm. It's it's a nice song, but I don't like the the hair shirt bit. It's kind <laughs> I of Google weird. What that was. Yeah, it's kind of weird you in ever, the chorus. You've never seen a hair shirt? No idea what the hell he's talking. It's a shirt about. made out of hair. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I wasn't. It just very pulled weird me out. Like reference. I liked it. I liked yeah. all the lyrics. I was following along, and I, and then he, and then he mentions a hair shirt, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Poor people used to do. Really, they make like shirts they, out of hair? Yeah, like 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 in the early 1900s. That fact needs checking. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this one. I like the verses quite a bit, though. Like it's an, it's a good song still. I like the hair shirt thing kind of because it's like something that makes you uncomfortable. So although she makes him uncomfortable, he doesn't want her to leave for the night. Sure. And then some people, I don't think this is what it is because it was the 90s, are saying like the name you're assigned makes you uncomfortable. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun kind of Maybe. idea for sure. being trans or whatever. It's just like not feeling associated to this thing that you've been told you are. Yeah. Um, but 
I really like Stephen Page's vocals, so I like the vocal forwardness of this song mm-hmm. uh, and the high notes he hits hit perfectly to me. But I could see why people wouldn't like it. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. So the live version of this song appeared on the single for Jane, which Great is song. off the next album, uh, and then off, and then the one that gets radio play is off Rock Spectacle, which is their, which was their like original hit album in the states it actually sold pretty well for some reason like why would a live album sell well um as their like breakthrough album i heard they suck live i'm kidding i'm kidding that's a no effects oh (laughs) jeez got me it's their live album yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a good good album name but yeah i'm just kidding Um, (laughs) it's really good actually and then we get the king of bedside manor i don't like the song i I like it at all i like the cartoon sound effects i think it's a fun song I think he's a pretty good lyricist throughout this whole thing, actually. Um, and I like the pace. And it keeps it short. So even if you don't like it, it's only two and a half minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> don't marry God till Mr. Roboto. This is one of the, t- like, don't grade know. nine, King of Bedside Manor. Or, actually, maybe that'd be it. Maybe those are the only two I would, like, for sure remove. For I, sure. uh, I'd take out box set, too. Yeah. It also is. It fits the musician motif that a lot of these songs have, though. Yes. Yeah. That's the only reason why. But it's not my favorite song. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like all of a sudden this. Well, we'll get to it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the next song. We have established fans. Now we have new fans. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like the King of Bedside Manor. I thought it was pretty funny how, like. It's your time. There is. They're talking about how he's, like, great at everything, but it doesn't matter because he's still not good with the ladies. So I don't know. I thought it was funny. What is interesting about this song, though? Is that this song they recorded naked. Completely naked. They tried to record it several times but couldn't couldn't. do it. And so everybody, including the producer and the other guy in the the audio room, had to get naked. And now ever since they've recorded at least one well, they probably just record one song naked. Why? Just to get like over nerves because now you're it get, oh. keeps the pace up and everything going because you're, you're naked and you're really conscious of it. Yeah. So it lets you just get out of your head because now you're focused on something different. Sure. So they buck naked. Buck naked. Which right. is a name of one of their EPs. Yes, it is. And this song is just okay. <laughs> it is something. <laughs> I do like the part where it's like, sticks, and then does Domo Arigato, because uh, it's by sticks. I, I, I understood that reference, too. I didn't. Oh. They're very referential. I just looked up the song, because I was like, ah, oh, that's a good song. And I was like, oh, it's by sticks. <laughs> like, Jamie, you probably will get this, Bell. I don't think you will. They're kind of like Bloodhound Gang, in a sense. Yeah. With a lot of the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Bloodhound Gang. Do you actually? That one song. <laughs> Okay. The bad touch? Yeah. Yeah, classic. But yeah, like Jimmy Page, he's very referential and uh, pretty clever with a, with a lot of his lyrics. Like, I'll, I'll give him that. He's, he's he's a good writer. And speaking of, up next is Box Set. You see Jimmy Page, you mean Jimmy Pop. I, I like, do mean Jimmy Pop. I actually oh, was you're right. Like, I don't think Jimmy <laughs> No, Page you're right. That, but... It's because of Stephen Page. Yeah, no, Jimmy Pop, Jimmy Pop, Jimmy Pop. Classic <laughs> uh, Box Set is a fun Latin-inspired song, but a musician who suddenly becomes famous and selling a box set of, uh, quote, all of his songs. Yeah, I thought it was like almost a, almost a bossa nova kind of kind of vibe throughout doom, the whole thing. Doom, I liked doom. it. Is it too fast to be bossa nova? I don't know, but I really like the lyrics. Uh, it's a pretty funny observation of bands in the music industry. Um, I love the description of what the discs are. It's like the first one is yeah. all the famous songs yeah. which you already have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one is blank due to licensing issues, and the third yeah. is a grade school play where you throw all the lines. Yeah, it's like oh, that's so good. It's, and then later, it's like discs four, five, and six are all also very, very bad. Yeah, so all of a sudden he loses all of his fans. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's fun. so true for a lot of bands. Like the first 
few albums are great and then they just fade off into obscurity as they try weird stuff i like the one what? uh this one's the dance album yeah <laughs> and all of a sudden the, it where we tried to get dance. hip again or whatever yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's about like a guy who was is popular among a subset of people yeah. and then he becomes more widely known and then he puts out like a greatest hits and then that alienates all his old fans yeah and then all his new fans are like, why can't you make more like the other one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really like, this is the first song with really front-facing piano. Yeah. And man, it's so good. It's good. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I like I, the piano. It's too bad that they kind of lose the quintet aspect of the band as the albums go by, because I really mm. do like how produced and kind of big band um, this whole album feels. You really, like, there, you constantly know that there's more than like three or four guys on stage because there's always just so many instruments and sounds happening. Yeah. 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 I like the guitar work. Yeah. The jazz yeah. break in the bridge is very yeah. good. Yeah. It's a funny, creative, and actually good song musically, which is important. I think it's underrated, but I could also see maybe it not being here, but I don't know. I, I like it. I think it fits here. I think it's just a bit too long. That's it. That's that's it. They probably could have cut like one verse, and it still would have got the point across. Sure. And mm. I think it would have been good still. But I do like the follow up song "I Love You" because it's kind of a similar vibe change. Um, I hate this one. I hate this song too. I'm my only notes are the song, but oh. the pacing change. Oh, sure. oh, okay, yeah, okay. Sure. It's just like "I Love You." Please have sex with me. Yeah, and the other Basically. person is like it gets more and more obvious the other person is very not interested. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, they actually dread when he's in town yeah. knowing that they're going to be hit up. It's like, oh. I thought, okay. yeah, I thought it was okay, kind of boring in a weak song. I didn't think it was super clever or, like, terribly interesting. Like, I found a lot of the other tracks to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the lyrics were pretty, like, straightforward and he wasn't doing anything, like, funny or witty with it. So, yeah. I don't know. This one, the last half, there's definitely a few songs where I'm like, they should have just cut this from the whole album, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I, I'd put that on my list of cuts. Yeah, I could see that. My only note says, eh. <laughs> and then the next note says, it's about bumping uglies. <laughs> wow. I like the second bridge around a minute 53 and the outro with a quick singing or scatting. Sure. It fits perfectly with a little instrumental break that yeah. follows the second bridge at 220 and yeah. shows that, but, you know, maybe she just made a jazz album. The piano with the stand-up bass, oh, bass. the stand-up bass riffs, and this are a lot of fun and yeah. show off the musical creativity, even though I agree this is very... The lyrics are not funny or, or interesting. Stand, stand up bass is a uh, is uh, that Primus album we listened to because of all the fishing references. Ha ha, good one. See you later. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. No. <laughs> New kid on the block. Another song singing about famous musicians. This one being about a member of the boy band New Kids on the Block, if you're like me and are too young to have listened to them. They were popular in Canada at one point. Yeah. It's not a bad song. I thought it was re- also referencing... Uh, does that one... No. no, Sorry. Blame It On Me, I think, references Sebastian Bach. Oh, I yeah. thought it was like re- referencing Sebastian no, Bach this from... This one does. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I am not Johann Sebastian Bach. Like, he's okay. not a good I thought it was ref- referencing Sebastian Bach, who is a Canadian... But he's the lead singer of Skid Row. Bach Turner Overdrive? No, Skid. Yeah, Bach and Turner Overdrive. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought because so that guy's name is Sebastian Bach, but he was referencing the composer, who is more notable. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, uh, it's more back to their usual style after Bach set and I Love You, which were fine. Uh, I think it makes it stand out more since there was a few genre change ups in between versus if it was just like. Uh, what a good boy to new kid on the block. It would have been pretty yeah. sure. similar throughout it. Um, though 
I think maybe those songs in between could have just been cut. It's uh, an upbeat sounding song, but the lyrics are about how fame is dehumanizing. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much. It's just you're 23 and yet you still have to act like a teen. You want to be an adult and join the army, but that doesn't work. I like how he goes to sign up for the army and the person laughs at him. It's like you're the, and it goes in the chorus. I think it's cool. It's like you're the new kid on the block. Like you can't join the army. That's ridiculous. Women scream and men groan when they see you. It's like, yeah. <laughs> um, my only problem is I it's another one that it's OK. I just don't think it really fits. And I think it's not really adding anything at this point. Um, but I really like the bass solo. That's about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I don't know. This one's another one that I totally I literally wrote. They could have cut this and I love you. <laughs> I like the lyric switch up because he says, I don't the most of it goes. I didn't ask to be famous, but I'm not sore. Like, you know, you're not it's not a bad thing. Yeah. But at the end, it's like, but I'm not sure. Yeah, and it talks about staying up oh, all night dancing and fighting and the subtle change kind of change with that attitude of like all of a sudden he's drinking and fighting and partying. Yeah, that's, that's ooh, fighting around the world. Uh-huh. <laughs> making music, <laughs> making movies, and drinking beers, fighting around the world. And then it goes to Blame It On Me. This one's a nice song. I like the percussion. There's yeah. a, a genius annotation on here that says it references the game Among Us. It does, which is them clearly predicting. Yeah. Because they say there's a traitor among us <laughs> no. at the very end of the song. <laughs> Okay. Well, this guy's clearly not playing Among Us. <laughs> it's kind of rep- sus. Yeah, like it, it's a good. Um, I think it's kind of repetitive. I think this one's mostly popular because of the start. Like this one has a ton of plays on Spotify. Does it really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. Uh, it's just I feel like it's underrated. It's catchy, and it shows that BNL can do a slower, jazzier song. I actually like the slower repetitiveness of the chorus and the lead mm-hmm. singing, switching between Ed and Steven between verses. Yeah. Because um, Ed nice doesn't part. get a ton of airtime on this, which is surprising because uh, in future ones he does get quite a bit. Yeah, Ed Robertson um, really breaks out on the next two albums. But I like it. And the bridge being like a fight between partners is kind of funny. Uh, and it's one of the songs I've been listening to the most since we listened to this album. Uh, but I like have no recollection of ever listening to it before. Yeah. Uh, but I do enjoy it. It's not crazy. It's like a million. But then the la- but there's like four songs before it that only had like a couple hundred thousand or something. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's decent. I don't think it's anything yeah, it's spectacular. Okay. Yeah. Good, a uh, little bit of a break. And I then like- the flag, which is a sad, almost shanty type song about yeah. an abusive yeah. relationship, physical abuse, bad sex, and lying. This and also sh- references the go train. What's the go train? The go train is Toronto. like the sky train. Um, oh, so it's commuter rail. Sure. Mm-hmm. It feels weird to have this and wrap around your arms me with songs like New Kid on the Block and Yoko Ono. That that's so that's yeah, that's my problem is like I really feel like they they had two themes here and they just jammed it all together cuz like I really like the flag. Yeah, it's I, really. I, I just don't think it fits the album like no. at all, you yeah. know? So I'd like them to cut it from this album but then release a new album with I this think song the, on it. The flag it's... appeared on one of their EPs previously. I know Crazy did. Yeah, I don't know, but it's just weird to be like you'll realize eventually that when everything comes to an end that nobody won this. It's like, man, what a dark, dark song. Uh, yeah. That I'm, and then it yeah. segues into... If I had a million dollars, right? Like, I know. Song. Which is a good song, but it's another, like, really weirdly upbeat yeah. song. It's, I don't know. That's my... I've got one real problem with the album, and that's it. It's just this constant up and down between, like... Yeah. Tonal shifts. Tonal shifts, yeah. My last note about this song is I do like the outro. Harm- sure. Their harmonies, their harmonies yeah, are just great. Yeah, they're good. Great. Fair. Yeah. And, the, like, the drumming and everything like that. It's just that... It's a, it is a huge bummer yeah. between such fun songs, <laughs> uh, but yeah. If I had a million dollars, the song. What a song! The song for Bare Naked Ladies. Can't count. This how is many the times oldest Bare Naked Ladies song. 
They used to play it when they were camp counselors. Oh, yeah. oh sure. For kids. That's a good, yeah, that's a good. I camp like the call and song. response part of the song. Um, and I also like the, the reference to Dijon ketchup. Dijon ketchup. I loved this song as a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't like it now. I'm no. just, it's whatever. No, it's so. it's a good, catchy song for most people. I'm not saying it's a bad song. I've just, I don't know. I, I don't have it's much to say. Good, I've never good been harmonizing. Pretty, sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, I've definitely had my time with it. Yeah. Uh, I do like the fact, allegedly, that. The it not a real green dress that's cruel mm-hmm. is actually just a flub, and they thought it was funny and left it in. No, because <laughs> he thought he messed it up with the line, uh, "Not a real fur coat," and he's oh. just like on autopilot because he goes, "That not a real fur coat that's cruel." Yeah, so he's like, "Not a real green dress that's cruel." Oh, that's it was funny. actually like a genuine flub. I, I didn't know and that. They finish a song and we're like, "That's hilarious!" Like that's got to yeah. be what it is now. Yeah. Um, um, yep. God, this song's so good. Um, like I like saying, like uh, I'm gonna get some art, and then people will be like, "What? Uh, like a Picasso, Picasso or, or, or Garfunkel?" Garfunkel. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's sad that nowadays a million dollars doesn't go that far. No, no it doesn't. If it's I, so yeah, sad, so we're gonna take a limousine everywhere. We're gonna do all this stuff. We're gonna buy a house. I'm gonna buy you a car. I'm gonna buy nope. you John Merritt's remains, which is. Feels Ooh, all little, them crazy elephant bones. Feels a little insensitive again. That, the but. movie had just come out at the time, mm-hmm. so the elephant, the elephant man, is a good movie. Mm. I have no idea about it. I just I, looked at pictures. Of he him had like, gigantism. Oh. He did. Yeah. yeah, big boy. Well, no, no, he had like the the huge head. I know. Right? Yeah. yeah, it was, yeah. It was weird to look pictures at, but yeah, it's very catchy, very fun, very cute. It is. I just have had my time with it. It's yeah. a very. It's like the Canadian staple. Like this yeah. would play mm-hmm. every everywhere every it's like time. Peak Canadiana. We even got them. Remember when we were in Vegas at whatchamacallit and at CES, and the one dude was uh, playing stuff on stage, and we asked him to play. Oh yeah, million dollars. he just knew what it was. He's yeah. like, "Oh, yeah. we all got it." Because yeah. he's from Saskatoon. Something <laughs> like that. He's like, yeah. "Oh, I got you." And knew most of the words. It was very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, solid. I if you have not listened to Bernick Ladies, like listen to this. Listen to Brian Wilson and Hello City. Sure. Yeah. Like, Enid, one baby. week. One yeah. week. One week. Uh, but this do, this is definitely stacked with their best songs and uh, a lot of bad or not great I like songs. Pinch Me. That's a good song. Pinch Me is great. Uh, same uh, with Lovers in a Dangerous Time, which is a cover. but Which a cover very, of a Bruce Coburn mm-hmm. song. Yeah. Um, or um, Jane is great. Jane, uh, the Old Apartment. Old Apartment is very, very good. Yeah. Broken to the Old Apartment. Yeah. Wow. But that al- those songs are on this album. But the last song, Crazy, is... Yeah, it's another good song that I don't know if it fits the album. The this should have been the second last album, and if I had a million dollars, should have been the final. Song totally. Oh yeah, hundred percent. If I had a million dollars, should have That's been the end. It would yes. have been a bit of a better segue. Sure. Uh, I really there like are this. Two hidden tracks inside crazy too. Yes, but still on the song. <laughs> I really like the song. The guitar work is really intricate, and of course, the superb harmonies come out to shine. Mm-hmm. And it's just a fun song about being crazy yep. lots it's weird it's like they had themes in mind and then just came up with like two or three songs per yeah. idea yeah it's yeah. like mental health comes up a few times musicians yeah. come up a few bad times. relationships bad relationships yeah. comes up a few times but then they just shuffle just the order put it all together. and put it all in one album yeah and it's like maybe it would have worked if it wasn't shuffled and like the ideas were fully thought out and then it moved on but it's not mm-hmm. like Brian Wilson could have been a good transition for the mental health one to musicians, and then yeah, maybe Yoko Ono went into the bad relationship side of things. It's, it's then... almost like each side of the album has its own single. Mm. It's almost so like they like had Brian a ton Wilson, of EPs and then yeah. they put an album together. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> and they were all tape EPs. They sold them yeah, at shows. Yeah, that's the yeah. right time. Yeah, back in the nineties, late eighties, even late eighties. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, mid to late 80s yeah it's it's a good song though like that's the that's the problem is i wouldn't cut them because they're bad like most of the time there's a couple i'm not crazy about but it's usually i just don't think they fit you know that's the only problem with yeah it's the tone um the musicianship is fine on all yeah they're they're good musicians and he's i like his voice he's a good singer um yeah like between the two of them i think i prefer ed robertson's voice really but Stephen Page's voice is on more of the songs that I remember. Like he sings lead on the old apartment, and that's a banger. Yeah, and um, he wrote most of the songs. Yeah. Um, but, but I, I the 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 album itself is fine. I think I, I think I enjoyed it more when I thought that they would all sound like the first five. Mm. What yeah. do you think about the bloopers on this one, though? Before we get too far ahead. There's oh, bloopers. the bloopers on the end. Yeah. yeah, there's a hidden track, if you let it play it long oh. enough. Of, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. last, a little Outtakes. bit. Yes, because I was wondering. I was like, wow, there's like an extra minute here. What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> yeah. I just like, want the album to end. Yeah, they could have just ended it. 100%. Like, I get that was a thing on CDs or whatever, but yeah. it's like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Hidden I tracks. I don't yeah. want that. Yeah. It makes it, like, yes, some of the songs are funny, but it's not like a comedy album. I don't no. want bloopers on... Like I, I'm trying to name literally any other album mm-hmm. on Danger Mouse. Yeah, I don't want bloopers at the end. Yeah, it's like I just want the album to end. Yeah, <laughs> there's a hidden track on Hefty Fine that yeah, gets me like every time Bam Margera shows up after like a minute. There's like a minute of silence or something, and he just shows up. It's used, used to scare the hell out of me. Yeah, yeah it's like uh, the Mollusk. It has yeah. that weird like clowny end ending that matches the beginning. Yeah, yeah. that freaked me out because it was like a minute of silence to just like um, slow clown music. Yeah. Uh, Americana ends with pay the man. And then a minute later yes. it does like the, like dun, the, dun, the mariachi yes, version yes. of uh pretty fly for a white guy. <laughs> and it's, it scares the, sh- like the living piss out of you. Yeah, Cause you time. think, yeah. you think the CD's done. I mean, I'm talking about CDs cause you know, yeah. we had only the CDs as kids. Cause it's like a mi- like 90 seconds of silence. Yeah. And then it's just like the mariachi version yeah, at of full a song. volume. Yeah, full cause, volume. You didn't, cause you didn't turn anything down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Classic. Well, Jamie, should we take a look at the record itself? Yeah, let's do it, baby. <laughs> I almost told you, dear, final verdict. <laughs> well, Jamie, what do you think? Of the record itself. So, on the front, we have Gordon in wow. big text. And then almost a Pepsi logo that says Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, that is almost it's, a Pepsi it's logo. It's one of those balls. You know, the rubber balls? It's one of those the, balls. Like the... The Pepsi ball. Yeah, the Pepsi ball. Yeah. <laughs> on the inside. Beepus. Uh, you'll see it on the, the screen. If ball. you're watching on Spotify, you'll see it on your screen. So, you'll know what we're talking about. On the inside, we have the gatefold image, which is four of the members just as uh, astronauts, and then Ed Robertson dressed as a robot. Nope, you, an you, alien <laughs> wearing uh, a crown. You know, you know where that was taken. That picture was at um, the Science Center in Toronto, because you can dress up in. Oh yeah, because yeah, they you got that. By the way, it be he looks like old Greg there with the he green. He does. <laughs> it's old Greg before he got all this uh, stuff on his. He's got a man. John. On the back, we have a fuzzy uh, Pepsi logo. It's been like blurred like they took a blur tool and just like yeah. made little waves all over it and yeah. then it has the worst font you'll ever see it's like joker man it's really just an awful that's like font. all the posters in floof's house <laughs> <laughs> really just awful fonts <laughs> and it's all lowercase which i'm not a fan of uh but that's just a small thing it's oh, like I, all those notes that ploof leaves in the in the bathrooms at work and we have to keep wiping them off i always write all lowercase uh as for inside we do have liner notes sleeves oh look they got a giant one look 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 they got a giant ball yeah so we have uh oh they're lyrics, going bowling lyrics to all the songs listed courses and everything like that which is nice lengths who it's written by a photo of the band at a bowling alley yep uh v- looking very 90s extremely 90s looking yeah because the one guy's got 
white people dreads. He's got like the Counting Crow dreads. He is black though. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, or half. I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter. And Stephen Page looking uh, off to the side. The other liner notes, because this is a double LP, is... Drum roll. Okay. Thank you. Just a nice, nice boys photo of the band. Wow. Stephen Page looks nothing like he looks now. He looks like... These all look like just standard 90s boys. They look so handsome. He's uh, wearing a Toronto Maple Leafs, but not the Toronto Maple Leafs that you would know. The Toronto Maple Leafs baseball team jersey. Mm. <laughs> the Maple Leafs predate the hockey team. Yep. Oh, uh, this does have the list of favorite Gordons. Oh. Gordon Baker Road. I'm not reading the whole list. It is still very long. <laughs> That's a lot of And Gordons. it has a fact. Uh, fact, in 1942, Arthur Edward Page fathered a Gordon. In 1988, he became the Scarborough Seniors five-pin bowling champion. Coincidence? We think not. Incredible. Another fact, in 1965, four years prior to the Apollo 11 NASA, nope, five years prior to Apollo 11, NASA launched a top-secret Scarborough 52 mission to planet, it's all in caps and in weird font, Nord, Nordrog. In 1992, bare-naked ladies dressed in funny suits for a photo shoot. Coincidence? I think we think not. not. <laughs> and then there's honorary Gordons. <laughs> uh, so a very fun uh, liner. It still doesn't explain why it's called Gordon. Because there's just so many good just, Gordons out there. There's just a lot of Gordons. A, this is yeah. another good Gordon. Yeah. In fact, how good is it, Jamie? Tell us your final verdict. Well, hold 13. on. Hold on. I got to know. How much did you pay for this? Yeah, how much did you pay for this? So I got it in an auction. Oh, you, from the auction? The one we frequently reference? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't mention that. That's, just, <laughs> that's, that's our auction. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got it in an auction, um, and I am very happy I did, because I think I got it for $40, and it's worth about 300 now. What the uh, hell? So the the cheapest one for sale is about $300, and the highest sale is over $300. Did they just so, never reprint it or what? I don't know, but I'm happy they did, and if they didn't, because yeah. I'm happy to have it. I'm not going to sell it unless you will offer me a lot of money, in which case hit me up. But Give I it 300 bucks it. for it. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> <laughs> so, stonks, baby. Um, so very, very cool. How would you know my price? <laughs> it looks like the 25th anniversary was the first time it was released on 180-gram vinyl. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Uh, it is a rarer release. That album came out just at the end of the popularity of owning records. Mm-hmm. And like people were buying albums on cassettes and CDs, and, and, CDs. and it came out in 2017, which would have been the rising of popularity yeah. of vinyl um, in the new mainstream. With you know, a few years after, it would have been vinyl in WalMarts and yeah. Target mm-hmm. or whatever. But Target. but it would have been before that. So, Adele yeah, pressed 500,000 copies of her album, and now they're showing up in Goodwill for a dollar ninety-nine. And I'll buy it for that. Oh, I haven't listened to it, but for a dollar ninety-nine, that's a steal. Can't yeah. go wrong. All right, now what's your verdict? Eight out of 13. I think the album is fine. I think the album has some good hits on it. I think some of the songs on it are better live on their subsequent live releases. Um, I think the album is an interesting timepiece, uh, especially for their for their career. Um, and I think the story surrounding how they got to be able to do it is interesting. But I think too many of the songs on it are totally different than what I would expect from the band or what I want from the band, I guess is probably better. Uh, and too many of the songs are filler sure, for me to, to fully enjoy it, but I like most of it. So, so it's not like a, it's not a failing grade. It's not a six out of 13. It's an eight out of 13. It's, it's pretty good. 
but it's not amazing. All right, I'm going to cut you off right here. Bluff, what is your fun <laughs> ardent? Um, I I also gave it an eight, but out of ten. I think it's. I think the first half is really, really strong, and but I think it's too long. Some songs should have just been straight up cut, or maybe the whole album should have been split in two. Um, I'd really like to own sort of a condensed copy, mm. like a greatest hits they of do this a, album. They have a oh. Hits. oh, yeah, yeah of this album specifically. Their greatest hits CD is insanely good. I'm sure Holy it is smokes. because, like, yeah, if, like they're a good band. Um, if I saw this in store at a reasonable price, I'd buy it just for the first disc. I'm not going to, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think it's decent. Yeah, it's like an eight out of ten. I wanna, I'd score it higher if there were a few songs missing, yep. and I'd score it lower if I don't know one or two of these just didn't hit as hard as they do. But I think that first half really kind of hooked me in because uh, I was like, I wasn't dreading listening to this, but I wasn't excited about it mm-hmm. because you know it's bare naked ladies. I don't expect anything super great from them, so it was actually surprising um, to see a few pretty good hits coming hmm. right out of the gate. So, yeah, it's like an 8 out of 10. So it's a good album. I think if it was a reasonable price, I'd buy it. It is a good album. Rush. Nickelback. Tragically Hip. Great Big C. All great bands. But what, <laughs> Whoa. But, <laughs> but when you I think, tried to call Nickelback When I think the best band. Canadian band, <laughs> I think Bare Sloan. Naked Ladies. Oh, you said Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> sure. Since Steven's departure, the music hasn't hit the same highs as their earliest albums, but the fire, passion, and creativity bottled into this album is like no other. Though not every song is great, most songs on here really encapsulate the 90s for me and make this album an album that stands the test of time. And the dated references help with that. <laughs> I'm going to put this in the seventh spot okay. wow. bel- above Leon Lahavis's seventh self-titled album. In Interesting, because you like that In album. Rainbows by Radiohead. Yeah. This is a really easy album to put on, and anybody will enjoy at least something that comes up in the time you put it on. Sure. It's good for kids. It's good for adults. It's good for just being on the background. You can go in the kitchen. You can listen to it actively. You'll get something different from it each time, or depending on how you're listening to it. Mm -hmm. You'll either appreciate the lyrics and the wittiness and the puns, or you'll just appreciate the fact that it's fast and unique. Um, But I could listen to this over and over and over again, other than King of Bedside Manor. It's because I could tell they're naked. Oh, wow, you can hear it. I can hear, 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 hear yourself slapping around. Yeah. Hanging down. So, though I think this album is great, share what you think, uh, listener. And Jamie, share what we're listening to next week. We're listening to Pink Floyd's 1975 album, Wish You Were Here. Ooh, Ooh I've never listened to Pink Floyd. I feel you. like I say that every time either of you choose anything. It's like I've never even heard anything by them. Will I do a two-peat on, on Bell liking an album that I have picked? Who knows? What is Bell like about music? Find out next time on <laughs> Final, Final Verdict. Verdict. See you later. Bye. Bye.